Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. It's the local beach show. It's Monday the 27th of March. You've done very well to get this far in March. It's been a, a slow stumble towards uh, springtime. But um, certainly in the UK, it's feeling a little bit warmer. I'm feeling a little bit more positive about things, Lucky Moore. It was very clement yesterday when mm. I was out. Um, went for a cycle. And mm. uh, I was cycling into the office. And I... Um, was it yesterday? I'm not talking about Friday. Mm. I um, I stuck my jacket in my bag after about five minutes. Don't need it. Yeah, too warm. Don't need a shacket these days. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. Well, the shacket is. I mean, shacket is a perfect piece of clothing for spring Mm. because you are going to get a bit of breeze. You are probably going to get a little bit of rain, and a shacket will provide a basic barrier against light rain. Um, It'll keep you warm in a breeze. It'll also keep you warm as soon as the sun goes down. Mm. You know, so it's an ideal um, spring and autumn piece of clothing. Although I have now moved more towards the kind of three quarter. Fleece now. Yeah, the the thing the thing with like me over winter time and, and getting recently a, a brand new uh, little pup pup. He um, a lot of my shackets now absolutely reek of uh, puppy piss. So I can't wait for the summer. Summer. Um, I can't wait for him to stop peeing everywhere. Uh, I can't wait for the the, yeah. the courts to not smell of pee anymore. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And um, do you are you conscious of the fact that I don't know because I've never been invited or visited any of your uh, houses do 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 your are you conscious or paranoid that your house smells of dog uh yes yeah i am but i mean i am powerless to to, to stop really i would say the dog breed that you particularly are fond of are they smelly mm. dogs uh no they're not big they're not slobbery um they're not particularly uh ill behaved um, but in a dog where does this smell emanate from i presumed it was the coat or the fur or something well big big old big old bums uh, big old poopies. We, um, <laughs> no, but a dog house doesn't smell of shit, does it? It smells of a dog. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just wet, meaty. I, I guess if you the bigger dogs just eat more, don't they? And they're more slavery, and they get slaver everywhere, and that's the thing that sort of stinks because they're just eating rotten, <laughs> rotten, rotten old uh, meat and stuff. I didn't know there was a hot there's hot debate uh, about um, uh, uh, raw food versus cooked food uh, in the in the in the pet space i i've never had a puppy before um we asked what the puppy had been eating when they, he came to us and so um it turns out they they lived on a farm so presumably they had access to a lot of chickens and he was, he was just eating a lot of um but you raw mean chicken an actual farm, not a puppy farm 
Not a puppy farm. Sorry, a farm farm. Yeah. yeah. I, again, another taboo that I had no idea um, existed. Um, but uh, yeah, a farm farm. And um, yeah, he was just eating a lot of um, chicken mince, uncooked chicken mince. And I was like, right, okay, where the hell are we going to get that? Um, so to transition him out of that, um, we were buying this kind of frozen sort of raw food um mm. and i and, and i was just i'll just keep on doing that then i guess and then you read up on it and apparently a lot of doc, a lot of de- doctors dog doctors beast doctors uh vets um they sort of say you shouldn't do that because they'll you know unless you're very 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 careful all of the time about how you feed it um he'll he'll get worms he'll get worms or salmonella or something like that you have to get worming tablets for pets and stuff anyway though, yeah right? Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's it's. Uh, I, I had no idea there was there was such a raging debate, and and even and and there doesn't seem to be a lot of research uh, into the how how good um, raw food is over cooked food. To wit, I say, uh, uh, I, I think that probably the cooked food uh, variants are probably fund those researchers are presumably funded by the big dog food manufacturers and yeah, imagine the raw in the pocket of big big dog food that's what i'm thinking so so i so i mean i guess we'll have to go into cook food at some point because i have to transition out but at the moment it's uh it just seems to be quite stressful <laughs> there was a um there was a do you watch the apprentice uh no no very wise very um, wise there was an episode of this series of the apprentice which by the way is the absolute pits now it is the <laughs> it is a disgrace how bad right. it is it it's basically descended from however many seasons ago fucking 15 seasons ago or whatever it was mm. a quite interesting idea with genuinely motivated people who were you know a bit a bit boring because you know they love business and they're young and those types of people in my view can be a bit boring yeah but they actually were in it for the right reasons if you know what i mean it's now descended into essentially love island in suits it is so yeah. bad they are yeah I, and i don't want to cast aspersions over young people who are just finding their way in the world and i know it can be tough and all the rest of it and love island is fraught with its own problems so i don't mean to be offensive but it's astonishingly bad how thick they are like it's really bad I mean to the point where you could probably grab however many contestants are I say 18 you could probably grab 18 people at random from any high street in the country Mm. and they would probably be better overall than this fucking mob right (laughs) well as in like more uh, good at their kind of roles they can't do anything less 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 bellendery the challenge is so it's both so the challenge is they get Mm. given they can't do any of them right? right what, so, what, so, what what kind of challenges? Because I've not seen an episode for Well, the like one that reminded years. me of it, which is the conversation you were just having, is they had a challenge where they had to produce um, a, a new brand of dog food. Right, okay. So they have yeah. to produce the recipe, make it, you know, they have to brand it up, name it, and then they have to try and sell it to, manuf- uh, to um, what's it called, um, like shops, right? Mm. And everything's done for them. So it's like yeah. they, they, get, they get put in a lab, a food lab, to make the food. They get given all the ingredients laid out in front of them. Then they get put sat down with like a top London branding agency to make the brand and give it the name. Then right. they get put in front of all these massive retailers to sell it. They haven't really got to do anything other than just have <laughs> one good idea, put one <laughs> recipe together, and then fucking get a designer to design it, right? Right, yeah. It's the sort of thing that anyone in our office, no matter how junior, could probably do pretty well in a day, right? Right. And there's okay. like nine of them. Mm-hmm. And, it, but, and they are so bad. Every single episode seems to end with, and yeah, and then and none of the retailers made, um, yeah, made any orders for your but product. Does, but so, doesn't it unlucky. all? 
But isn't it all about like isn't 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 all reality TV shows these days just all about getting you kind of just just getting like memes and silliness and yeah, but should, I guess so. But this one particularly, that, fine, and I get that, and that's probably a lot of big part of the calculation. But this yeah. is a BBC show, which the whole point of it is to is to have a, you know whatever you think of him, and I happen to think he's a complete fucking clown, but yeah. You know, <laughs> Alan Sugar gives you the money to go into business with him, and he has been a successful businessman, right? So there's our point to it. It's not like, oh, you get crowned the winner of The Apprentice, you get to put a crown on the throne like I'm a celebrity and you're off. <laughs> it's like there's a point to it. So right. just a very, is, it's is become still... so unbelievable now. The very idea that anyone would get into business with any of these people is a farce. Having said that, I have seen Alan Sugar's Twitter output in recent years, and maybe <laughs> they're, they're quite well suited. But it's honestly, mate, it is like, I'll tell you another example very quickly. They had one where they all went to Dubai and that had to do with like a, a company away day for a company. So they got matched up with a company yeah. and that's to provide an away day for that company, right? Yeah. One of the teams didn't provide any water for a desert away day. <laughs> it's so bad. Like, Let it's so bad. It. Let them actually die. Um, that would, that would be fine. It's just kind of like, um, yeah. I mean, he... Does he still give away like jobs and stuff? Because that was always historically the, the prize at the job, end of the day, yeah. didn't it? You got you got a guaranteed job for a year or something. But I mean, now you get two hundred and fifty grand to start your own business with him, basically. To, to right? Okay, business with fine. Him, basically, like, yeah. yeah. And does he get does he get any of the? Um, does he does he get like a a, a decent cut of? Oh, presumably he gets a fucking gigantic cut. I presume that's the whole point <laughs> is doing it. To get right, like ninety percent okay. of the business, probably it's probably a yeah. sham. I don't. I don't What's know. It? I mean, what have they been? What have they been doing? Because I, quite recently, have kind of indulged in kind of like growing up. Um, I had an Amstrad, and that was kind of my computer and all that stuff. And Amstrad CPC six one two eight, and that was my first computer, and I loved it, and it was all brilliant, blah blah blah. And um, all of the like, the, they had like a video game kind of figurehead, like your Sonic. Uh, the Hedgehog or your uh, Mario for Nintendo and Sega. Um, Amstrad had a figurehead, um, and it was called Roland, basically. His name was Roland. He was a bit like Horace on the Spectrum or Zool on the Amiga, if yeah, you remember I that those, guy. Yeah. Um, the, every system around at that time, seeing how successful Sonic and Mario were, every system wanted this figurehead to kind of put a load of games out under that name uh, yeah. and character and make a load of money and, and, and make it the you know the, the must the must get um, toy at Christmas for kids. And one of them was <laughs> Roland on the ropes, right? I remember that. Roland on the ropes was uh, a platformer. Uh, yeah. Roland in time. Roland goes square bashing. Uh, Roland, um, Roland in the caves. But the thing about these games were they were just random games that they just put the word Roland on the front cover. Like there was one that was like this Spanish. I think Amsoft bought or Amstrad bought a a stake in a Spanish company. And one of the programmers, I think, was employed by that Spanish computer company, uh, and he'd made a game about a, a jumping kind of um, mosquito or something. And all they did was just take that game, convert it to the abstract, and write Roland in the Caves in it. It was an absolute yeah. piece of shit from start to finish. And this is my kind of nostalgia. This is what I grew up playing, going, oh, well, you know, you know, Amstrad's got Roland, uh, and it's just shit. Looking are you, back, are you confused just... as to how he ever made loads of money then? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I am, really, because every... There was a... I think I spoke about before on the show, like, there was this computer that they sold to these... 
Spanish, um, and they wanted to get the Amstrad um, 664 thing in the Spanish market, but they would only give you a tax break if it was technically a 16-bit machine. So they shipped it with a memory chip that was inaccessible to the rest of the computer, so they just jammed a memory chip, glued huh. it to the motherboard, and went, it's technically a 64-bit machine, because if you look at how many RAM chips there are, or whatever, it's a 64-bit machine. But the computer literally could not... Um, uh, like access that that data, access that bit of the machine. It was a silo. It didn't do anything. But because it was technically a sixteen bit machine as shipped, uh, it got the tax breaks. And 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 Amstrad was just this historic company. Company who just found th- what the Japanese were doing, putting it in people's homes at a t- at a much reduced rate, but doing an absolute shoddy job of it. A piece of shit, absolute bottom of the barrel, crappy products. And that was Alan Sugar. That was Alan Sugar's complete. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, hasn't hasn't um, he you know, sold the whole company to Sky now? It only really exists in name. It's not like a trading company now, is it? No. Okay. Well, they'll be back. I mean, we get like there's there's brands that are like zombie brands all over the world. And, you know, we've worked with a few who who basically just you know resell bits of technology and they license a name and they go, hey, it's a you know insert name from the eighties that yeah, we don't all remember as a name. quality. But but it's kind of like no, but that's uh, actually that actually goes against my point. That's good. That that that's actually quite good stuff. But like we've worked like the, the, there's other ones in in the space that'll just license a name and go. Oh, I remember that um, name, uh, but it's not the same people making it and not not to that uh, level of quality. So it's a, it's an interesting thing. So what we should do is wait until like a really uh, um, popular podcast have a big falling out and just steal their name, yeah. <laughs> buy their name off them, give them a couple of grand. Go yeah, we'll we'll do Dad wrote a porno, and it's just me and you just talking. But I mean, that is really. I mean, apart from changing the people, that really is what my dad wrote a porno did, isn't it? <laughs> or do you not want me to say that, Pete? Because you get squeamish about me being slagging the people off. Hey, look, who's got bigger pockets? Those are them. It's them. <laughs> no way. What? Nah. Of course they have. They've got nah. bigger pockets. There's no only way. three of them, and one of them's quite tall, so his pockets are probably literally big. I'm tall. I'm tall. No yeah. One's- yeah, all right, fine. You, what I don't understand why you get so squeamish about slagging the people off. I don't. I just, I just, I just think slag someone off now. We're great. Slag someone uh, off now. Ooh, in podcasting. Oh right. Not, but not me. Block who works in the DIY shop down the road. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh well. I just think that you've got to be honest in this game. Like media industry is terrible for honesty, and I like to be honest. So what, terrible so, for honesty. It's not honesty. You just want to shout at people. No, it's not. It's because if, if people don't think about it this way, if someone's really good and I really like it and I think they're fucking great, I'll say that as well. It's balanced. It's balanced. Everything's good. Yeah, but there's got to be some middle ground. There's got to be people who are just okay. Yeah, I'm talking to one of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm only Luke, joking. Luke, um, I found out something hilarious last night. I mean, it's hilarious to me. I don't know how hilarious it would be to you or the listeners. Will I understand um, it? In the UK, uh, there was a comedy duo called the Chuckle Brothers. Um, Two two men with, I think, moustaches very much like my own. Um, Is this why you messaged Rory earlier saying, can you please remind me of the Chuckle Brothers? Remind me about Chuckle Vision. Can you put it in the runner? Uh, Yeah. Uh, Two two men who have have a moustache and uh, are quite... Difficult, like really ugly men. He and 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 just like me, proper ugly, like proper difficult to look at men. But they had a long-standing, celebrated comedy career in the yeah. children's entertainment space for about 
20 years in the in between the 80s and the 90s yeah, and they I, were I would, so would say so probably, successful possibly even longer than that maybe yeah possibly even longer than that and and they went on to be you know cult heroes after that and getting paid shitloads of money to advertise daft stuff you know what they, they wanted a hitman playthrough my mate um paid them to do which is really so funny anything. just just watch it yeah they'll do anything because they are part of nostalgia and if you were on the bbc in the 80s for a couple of years that's you set for life you could be doing appearances in nightclubs to students who don't even remember you for the next 10 years because the people who are employing you from the student council who are in the mid-20s will remember you unless you do uh, do some of that stuff that that those bbc people unless yeah, yeah and that's where it all starts to fall apart when the handy andies come out but anyway the uh, the with, with the, uh, the the Chuckle Brothers, they had a TV show. They, they had actually had two older brothers that nobody ever talked about and nobody ever remembers. They right. used to appear every now and again in Chuckle Vision as um, uh, you know uh, auxiliary characters, uh, right. you know NPCs, you know a, a park ranger or a manager of a bank, etc., etc. A, a, yeah. a, a driving instructor. They would appear and, and do a bit of helping out. So anyway, the older Chuck, the older set pair, one's dead, one I believe is still alive, and the one I believe who's dead married a 24-year-old fan of Chuckle Vision when he was 87. <laughs> is that good stuff? That is amazing. How did you is find that, that out? Is that good stuff or is that good stuff? That, Absolutely. How, how did you she find was that a out? fan of Chuckle Vision on the uh, Facebook page. <laughs> what? Yeah. In 2015, Jimmy Elliott, uh, born in 1931, uh, um, became engaged to 25-year-old Chucklevision fan uh, who he met via Facebook. Uh, the couple married in 2017, and Jimmy died uh, in July 2019. But, it's uh, quite yeah, surprising they're... news. I'm not sure it should be. We, should we be judgmental about that, or is it, is it just it's surprising? Oh, I think it's a bit dodged, what do you reckon? <laughs> in an, on a oh. Chucklevision Facebook group. And he's 80... <laughs> well, he's not even 87, actually. He's, he's, he's younger. But he's in his 80s, and he's copping off with a 24-year-old Chucklevision fan. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now. I, 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 I don't care how okay it is, because it's not. <laughs> it ain't right. Oh, it's dear. a surprising piece of news, and I have yeah. to say that um, I'm... Very, very kind of entertained by how excited you were to deliver that news. It's great. Like, I mean, so, there's so a, there's Jimmy, sometimes you get you get into a zone where you're actually really coherent, and it's when you're really yeah. excited about something. And that yeah. really, you delivered that story really well, mate. Yeah, thanks, mate. Well, he like he was with his partner. I don't know what the the, the situation is, whether whether she she, she died or whatever. But um, Jimmy was with Valerie from 1964 to 2010. He, 46 years 46 years and then suddenly Amy's on the scene <laughs> they don't look anything the older fellas don't look anything like the Chuckle Brothers either no no because they've not gone for the moustaches and they're they're a bit fuller in the face and they look a bit like uh, I don't know they look a bit more American a bit more a bit like they spent a bit more time on their on their appearance maybe yeah there's definitely a bit of that so, so one of them looks like a a like super mega church like prosperity gospel preacher yes. yeah and he's he looks like he's had a facelift though it looks like you know he, i don't think he had, had done it but um but yeah he looks really he's looked after himself he looks well fed because because the chuckle brothers love them i hate them they don't look well 
<laughs> they, they never there's also well. like an undertone there's like an undercurrent of tragedy about that generation of entertainers who essentially mm. were killed off by the alternative comedy scene yeah. in like the 80s yeah like so yeah, they would yeah, do yeah. family stuff it would be like it would be like opportunity knocks mostly 1970s stuff like and a lot of it would be a little bit edgy but it would be you know oh we'll do a family set uh, at the holiday camp and then in the evening we'll do a, like a blue set which is basically racist and a load of fucking yeah, horrible yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. like basically Jim Davidson right and they all got killed off by <clears throat> alternative comedy like Alexi Sale and you know, Rick Mayo and all those kind of types and they're all really bitter about it and Jim Davidson like his his whole thing these days is essentially just fueled by bitterness that the world's left him behind right mm. and What's interesting is the subculture of all that because it's the same in principle where if you go to, say, Hollywood and you spend some time in Hollywood, everywhere you go, there are like, and it's always men of a certain age, probably kind of our age or a bit older, Mm. who are still holding on to the dream of being like a really big rock star. Right, okay. I mean, mean, again, this is, I mean, you are in a very confined space swinging samurai swords you're going to cut one of us I'm just what saying do you mean? just be careful I just no. I just think we're just, I'm just saying that like when, when you stay in like a hotel or go to a bar in Hollywood there's blokes there who are dressed like glam rock oh, yeah. musicians when, who when, still when, think they're going to become massively successful like Guns N' Roses types but they're never going to be well when we were in like it's the same um, energy is what I'm saying when we were in uh, watching um, Battle of Hell, the musical, um, it was like a press Never night. say so that like, again. So we like... agreed you'd never say that again. <laughs> so there was a lot of like people turning up at these... Um... It was one of the Chuckle Brothers, isn't it? <laughs> well, there was a lot of people who were like, who seemed to be like men, like cracking on for 40 and then cracking on to 50 and then cracking on to 60, who were like wearing leather pants and they were, yeah. you know, rocking the tight tee and all that stuff and looking yeah. like, you know, a bit of a suntan and long hair and stuff like that. And because we're not living in a great age of rock and certainly not cock rock, like, or, or ballads, you know, pro, pro, you know, we're not, we're not in the age of a good, you know, rock isn't in a great um, health at the moment. So like, these people really do come up the woodwork and you sort of saw it quite a lot I used to do quite a lot of work down at the, the Hard Rock Cafe and they'd be turning up for stuff like that as well people with too many fucking rings with skulls on them and like yeah. where have you come from like you look like yeah. somebody who drinks with Lemmy in Hollywood like you like you look like it's just bizarre sorry not Lem- Lenny Lemmy <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you Lenny. know Lenny you know Lenny, Lenny? from Motorhead <laughs> Lenny but from is, Motorhead is it, is it- you're telling me I'm swinging the samurai sword and I'm going to cut one of us. You're yeah. being quite judgmental there, Peter. I am, yeah. But I'm just saying I don't know where these people come from. I don't know what... what They, they all do like radio shows on some kind of rock FM that no one's ever heard of on, online. And they all come out the woodwork and they're all big swingers and they all like give you know give it the big one that like, you know, that they're, it's, they're it's hard to drink. Like, they're all drinking Jack and Coke as well. Definitely. That, and yeah. not whether they like it or not. Um, yeah, that is. There's no real classic rock radio scene in the UK, which is surprising because in the US it's fucking gigantic. Everywhere you go, like if you, you you tune your radio when you drive through a new town, there's another classic rock station. Well, it's it, it is. Bi- I mean, it's big, um, and it's big enough to um, in the UK that like XFM started a new classic rock station. Only one DJ, just <laughs> really. Like, what DAB? Uh, yes, I think it is on DAB. Yeah, XFM Classic Rock or something. But it's not part of the culture, is what I mean. It's going to be no, on no, DAB. It's not. You're going to get you, know, you no. get anything. You get catered for everything. You know, that's yeah. just how part of it's it's over. But like, yeah. generally speaking, like classic rock is a big part of the culture in the US. Mm. 
Like so you, is, you, you basically agree. you can tune to quite a mainstream radio station in a big city in the US, mm. and they'll be playing during the day like Guns N' Roses songs. And yeah, fucking, it's just a big deal. Like so, like you know, in in the UK, it's what you want, though, not, isn't it? there's no one doing that, huh? It's what you want, though, isn't it? It's, yeah, I think it's, it's I think it's um I think it should be there. I mean, I don't understand yeah. why, given that you know Britain has produced some of the best classic rock acts ever. Yeah. There's no. There's no, there's not, it's not really being catered for. Because the 1975 way. turned up and made music better. Uh, right, we're going to take oh, a yeah. shot ad break. <laughs> we'll be back with. Uh, we'll, we'll do a couple of emails before we chip off. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're back with Luke Peachaw on a Monday. Lukey, have you prepared uh, an email? I jumped to a break very quickly there, and I, I feel I feel like I may have um, jumped the gun too quickly. You blindsided me with a nineteen seventy five. Um, yeah, you wanted to get you wanted to get a, a retort in. You wanted to get a. No, why are they so controversial in? though? Because I, I quite like some of their songs. I don't. The guy, the lead singer, seems like a bit of a prat. But I mean, there's no point chucking that around. That's like you know, in in rock music, that's like mm. dishing out speeding tickets at the Formula One, isn't it? I mean, there's yeah. Um, I d- Why does he I d- attract I d- particular ire? Yeah, I mean, especially the amount of people I've interviewed, and he was wasn't even in top, you know, top fifty percent of of dickheads. But I don't know enough about their oeuvre. Um, I think lyrically they're a bit more interesting than most bands, I suppose. In in that, in I quite that like sphere, that seem to attract. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's the problem because we're two forty somethings, and that's true. Exactly, cringe. exactly. Um, I've got an email here. It's anonymous, though. We're going to keep it anonymous, but it is an interesting one. Okay, um, and it's literally signed anonymous, so I can't even get you to accidentally say their name. <laughs> um, they say, "Hi, both. On a recent episode, you were discussing Pete's interest in writing legal letters." Um, I thought you two would be interested to know that a law, hopefully soon passed, will include text that was drafted by one of your listeners, me. Ooh. I'm currently working on a UK parliamentary bill, one of the three controversial ones constantly on the front page of the Daily Mail, which required a very rapid drafting and writing. This required the policy lead, aka me, to write the legal text that would go into the bill and then run it by the lawyers for approval and editing brackets normally you would have a discussion and then lawyers would just draft it in a much more collaborative and less hectic fashion not to brag as the part i was in charge of was very uncontroversial and is pretty much agreed upon by everyone but the lawyers made almost no amendments to the text which can now be found in the draft bill uh, at bills.parliament.uk all the best and on p.s i'm not a fascist I'm an apolitical civil servant who just designs the policy as instructed. Let's hope the next election brings me more s- sane and humane work. Ah, that's really exciting stuff. That's, We've that's got a listeners very in the very corridors of power, Peter. Yeah, I think, uh, do, do you think, and, and I, pr- I presume this person probably experiences this quite a lot, and I, I know quite a few um, civil service people, civil servants, uh, and some civil servants, uh, <laughs> they, um, I, I think they probably get like people don't really have a good handle on what where the civil service separates from government 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, I, I think because they're regularly that, chucked under the bus these days. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's, they're always fighting. Um, but like, I think with um, I think people just genuinely. I think most people on the street sort of understand, like, don't understand that they're completely separate to any kind of you know, uh, you know, right, left, you know, labour. Yeah. So they're or vital. They should for, be the best one. Should be. They're vital for the administra- administration yeah. delivery of of laws that are passed in theory, of course, by mm. people who are elected by the people. Like, so I mm. mean, they've got to be there to do the dirty work effectively because it's almost a bit like um it's not a you know a judge's role to to decide what the law is you know no. or what the sentences are the judge has exactly. a guideline he has to do it and just administer yeah. it effectively so civil servants i guess are a bit like that but i mean yeah there is an argument to say i think that you know everyone's got a limit as to what they would accept you know mm. i mean if, if you, you are still doing the job so if you don't yeah. agree with it on principle, you don't have yeah. to do it. I don't think yeah. they should be blamed for just doing their job. But ultimately, that is a bit of a slippery slope as well. I mean, yeah. you know, if, if you're free to not do that job, I mean, presumably if you're that well qualified, you can find a job somewhere else. But I mean, it's not for me to judge. No. I can't even judge the person because they haven't even left their name. <laughs> but I just, <laughs> I just think for me, if I if if I was really a really good, efficient civil servant, which I think many of our listeners has probably just really think of me as anyway um <laughs> i probably wouldn't be happy facilitating the current shit i mean if, if we're reading between the lines if it's the current shit about all this refugee stuff i wouldn't i wouldn't want to be a part of that personally right um, yeah we don't know that though, do we are you reading through the lines right. hence, yeah. hence, hence me saying that if, if that's what it is that's mm. that wouldn't be something i would personally do but mm. i'm not judging other people i mean mm. i suppose i am judging i mean i'm always constantly judging other people i suppose so i probably am judging but that's my mm. that's my opinion I mean, you, you would would you be happy with that um uh you used to work for well, a government no. department i did but i mean it was it was housing i mean it's hard right. to hard to um I, you're I don't, the one who sold do... off all the council houses are you I don't think that was that was Thatcher. Um, that was <laughs> Thatcher. Do you not remember? Um, that was bloody Thatcher. She, she's been tweeting away. She's subscribed to uh, Twitter Blue and is uh, tweeting away. <laughs> Who is facilitating that fucking? I don't know. Account. I don't know. Ugh, I find it odd when famous people die, mm. yet someone takes over their Twitter account. Who's reading the DMs? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, lordy. Yeah, I, th- I think. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's a bit that's a bit weird. Um, one more email to squeeze in just before we go because yes. it's funny. Um, this is from our friend uh, Abira who who said, uh, "Hi guys, listeners, it's 2020. Thought you might be interested in this news clipping I got from the Times of India, um, Gurgaon edition." And I'll just read the transcript of the article and the headline: "Curiosity kills man who poked tiger with stick. Taking a tiger by the tail has cost a farmer his life in a village in MP's Cargon district. Santosh, 35, tapped a wandering tiger's tail with a stick to, quote, see how it would react, forest officers said on Thursday. The tiger took a swipe at him, cutting a deep gash in the back of his neck, and he died in hospital on Thursday. The tiger is yet to be located. The forest department has urged villagers not to go into the forest or disturb the tiger. Um, foresters say it's strayed from Yawal Wildlife Sanctuary to the Chiria Forest Range, a distance of about 100 kilometres. I mean, it's regrettable, that, isn't it? Yeah, it's regrettable. It's not, but I do it's think not, there's a idea. certain amount of admiration I've got for someone who sees a gigantic fucking tiger and doesn't completely shit themselves. Cause that's I think what if, I you're seeing, if you're seeing like big... I remember sort of... Um, I was in... What was it? Kenya, I think it was in Kenya, and a man uh, and and and, and uh, elephants just come in and wreck people's houses. They just fucking knock them over and be dickheads about it. And um, this guy had made this massive fucking whip, like just the it was just a bit of wire that was like 
it was like the the the, the length of his whole house, and he um and and this this villager came over and went, uh, hey uh, Pete, come and have a look at this, um and this guy just got his whip out and went pow like that, and it made the <laughs> loudest noise I've ever heard in my life. But like people who'd like live around like big fucking scary animals just get on with it they're just like yeah. yeah i mean that guy would not have been expecting that 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 animal to attack like that because he probably sees those um those monstrosities every fucking day of his life it's uh it's I don't sad think he sees a tiger happens, every day you could see a tiger every day I think they're I quite rare now aren't they aren't they i don't know well, well i know never... the farmers in that part of the world they put masks on the back of their head don't they when they're tending their crops oh like you're looking <laughs> yeah because because <laughs> tigers cool. generally attack people from behind that's pretty cool yeah, fucking frightening. If you've got to do that, that's where I'll check out. I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not you've doing it. you got two that. in your house. Bring them back, mouse yeah. guts. One of them is a little... He thinks he's a little tiger, actually, yeah. But, I mean, he's not going to... Hopefully, he's not going to fucking expose my jugular vein at any point. Well. Imagine, that would be a, that'd be an embarrassing way to die, wouldn't it? Luke, <laughs> Luke, Luke, Luke's dead. It. What happened? Uh, he Hercules got his fucking throat ripped open by a cat. What, a, like a, like a tiger? No, a domestic house cat. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, Absolutely lordy. terrible. Anyway, on that Goodness. note, we should go. Thank you very yeah. much uh, to, to the anonymous emailer and uh, Abira Hoop who sent in the email about the tiger. We appreciate hearing from you. For those of you who'd like to do the same, it's hello at lukeandpeachshow.com. Uh, we are also available in bite sized capacity I'm on them. TikTok at the Luke and Pete Show. Twitter and Instagram at Luke and Pete Show. Um, loads of more extra stuff going on over there. You can really plug yourself into a uh, to the Luke and Pete Show universe at those destinations so please do yeah. so also well, that's um, super highway it is and and leave us leave us a review wherever you get your pods just drop us a five star review because it really does help the show it doesn't just help us but of course more importantly it helps the guys who work on the show behind the scenes like uh, Big Rory who it does a sterling job every single week with us um, so um, yeah do that show a bit of appreciation there if you don't mind take a few seconds out of your day to do so um, that's it from us we'll be back later in the week of course um, Pete, you're off to WrestleMania, aren't you, for for a wee bit? So we'll have to uh, see what happens there. Be looking forward to hearing about that uh, in due course. Um, yeah, and that's it. And we'll see you soon. We're off to see uh, just briefly. We're off to see uh, Effie's Big Gear Brunch, which was one of the best shows last year. But um, Kendo Nagasaki is appearing uh, because he's gay. Great. Good to, good to know. <laughs> Fascinating. It's a great little taste from the eighties. We look forward to hearing about that. All right then. Tata. See ya. Luke and Pete Show is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.